Welcome to Family Cycles, Episode 3. This is our third and last part of our series with Sean Morrison. Hope you all enjoy. So a little bit different than last time. Uh, first and foremost, again, Sean, I just want to say uh, thank you for uh, giving us the time to have this uh, conversation and, and learn much as we can from you uh, and your experience. Uh, Ashley is not able to make it today. She's really busy uh, working on the cowbell. So she said that um, <laughs> she sends her best, but she is, uh, you know, preoccupied with that, you know, gosh darn cowbell of hers. Um, but we also have uh, Kyle here today. So Kyle is my half brother. Kyle, can you, uh, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hello, Kyle. Yep. So there's nice two. Uh, meet you, Sean. Yeah, nice to meet you too, man. He's uh, the, the older and wiser one, and somehow he has more hair than uh, all of us, I think. So, <laughs> um, and then we still have uh, Scott on the line as well. Hello. Perfect. So, um, great. Yeah, lots of things have happened since the, you know, the last time we did this, just a couple of weeks ago, with uh, the Kickstarting campaign going. And, and then you also got picked up, Sean, as like a, a Kickstarter pick or favorite, right? Yeah, actually, uh, Kickstarter projects we love, um, which was super, super cool. I wasn't expecting that at all, but we got about 50% uh, funded within 24 hours. And I think that that had something to do with it. Um, but uh, it was just a, a huge support uh, for the project, just, you know, right out of the gates. And um, yeah, we got the project we love banner and they sent us some like marketing material that we can use for that, which is pretty neat. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's been really cool. Yeah. I'm sure it's been nice. a little nerve wracking too. Right. <laughs> just, I, I feel oh, like if I was in your be, position, uh... yeah, I feel like if I was in your position, I would just be constantly at my computer hitting refresh every single day, probably every single hour. Oh my gosh. It's been the worst. <laughs> I, uh, it's like this awful tick that I have, like just hit refresh over and over and over again. And you, you know, that, that doesn't help anything, right? Like it's not, you know, <laughs> click it more times and more people are going to back the book. Um, so I don't know what I'm doing. It's just, it's just the only thing I can do to just sort of calm down a little bit. So does that, does that mean uh, once you get funded, do you, are, do you already have the stuff lined up for publishing? Yeah, I have uh, a couple of different publishing options that I'm, I'm working towards, uh, all self-publishing, of course, but uh, we use a Amazon has a publishing service called KDP or mm. K yeah, KDP. Um, I'll use uh, Ingram Spark and then there's uh, like another one or two other smaller ones uh, for distributing purposes um, that I'll use. Nice. That's awesome. So, so how like quickly, go ahead. Each, each publisher has their own ways of distributing like their own list that they can get into and, you know, different uh, booksellers or book retailers will have certain lists. So I'm just trying to get that kind of spread out as, as far as I can. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, from being funded on the Kickstarter to actually getting it published and out and available, what, what do you think that timeline looks like? That is a fantastic question. Uh, I've never done this before. So I'm yeah. really just shooting in the dark and uh, I threw a September timeline on it and I have, I might as well just have thrown a dart at a dartboard or a calendar. Rather. <laughs> I have no idea, but I want to shoot well, for September. Well, we're uh, rooting for you and we're excited for you. So uh, 
uh, we wish you the best as uh, you get this, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully fun in tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And then, and then from there, uh, I have a stretch goal of $8,000. Uh, and if we hit that, then everybody who backed, whether they backed a dollar or a thousand dollars, um, then they'll get an audiobook as well. Wow. That's awesome. So who's going to read the audiobook? Uh, you know, I wanted to get like Morgan Freeman, but he said he was busy. So, uh, uh, a lot of people have, have the, the people, my beta readers, my, pretty much just my friends who are, uh, yeah. readers, they, they said, you have, like, I have to read the book because it's written in my voice and my personality is buried deep within, in these words. So sure. it would only come through, uh, correctly if I read it. So. I guess it'll be me. I'll get me like a little fancy mic and uh, I don't know for the, for the Kickstarter video. When I did that recording uh, my audio, I had my comforter thrown over my head and my computer to like create a little sound booth. Wow. So I don't know if I'm going to do that for 15 hours while I'm recording this book, but I'll figure something out. Wow. Well, that's exciting. I hope you get to your stretch goal because uh, that audio book would be pretty awesome too. So uh, since since the last time, we uh, we ended up getting uh, the first leg of the Adventure Cycling Association map, uh, which is something that you recommended on uh, the first conversation we had. So we haven't really uh, come together yet and really discussed what routes, but the the one that kind of makes the most sense, uh, because you know ge geographically, I guess, is the one that you know starts in Southern California, where almost everybody's at. And so we got the first portion of the Route 66 route, and it, the first portion kind of goes from Santa Monica Pier all the way to just past uh, California border into Arizona. So uh, th that was a good recommendation. There's a lot of great stuff in there, and uh, it's definitely going to take a while to just to read that part of the map because there's just this, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so pumped for y'all. That's a that's awesome. Yeah, not no, not really. Here is going to be a great starting point. Oh yeah, and uh, we kind of preliminary preliminarily talked about this a little bit too, but uh, you know uh, Scott lives kind of on the route, and where he is from Santa Monica to him would be a first distance for the first day, so you can really just uh, you know put your feet in the water, uh, and then do your first day, and then you know be home for a night. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. That's a good, until he's yeah. like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to stay here. That wasn't that fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> We're going to leave some awful reviews for this place. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, so going into the questions, we got, we got some more for you um, as you know, really it's the, the third session that we have. Um uh, so to start it off, we were going to talk to you about like what your training plan looked like, uh, but you kind of already hit that before and mentioned that uh, you didn't really had have much of a training plan leading up to it. Uh, so kind of off of that from the previous conversations, if you were to do your training plan again, what would you change and why? Um, <clears throat> I would work on all of the muscles that you're not going to use cycling because you have plenty of time to work on that on a bike. Uh, so all of like the stabilizer muscles or like, um, you know, obviously squats, a good compound motion, deadlift, 
um, things like that, <clears throat> and work on, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the term prehab exercises, um, but like strengthening up the tendons and the ligaments and all, all that kind of stuff, uh, because the, the actual muscles you're going to use on the bike, you, you got plenty of time to do that, right? You're going to be doing that for 3,500 miles or 40, 4,600 on your tour, I think. Well, if we, uh, it'll be probably, if we do the route 66, it's going to be somewhere around 3,200, I think. But if we do like the transcon or trans America is like 4,200, we still have a lot of planning yet to do. So somewhere between that. Yeah. So you got a couple thousand miles to practice riding a bicycle. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll, you'll, you'll develop those muscles for sure. Um, but definitely getting into, um, just like compound exercises and prehab exercises uh, and, you know, getting a run in every once in a while swimming, just trying to get that full body um, uh, a workout in because you're, you're going to, you're going to tend to overwork uh, your cycling muscles. Um, so I, th I think that's kind of counterintuitive, right? Like uh, a lot of people would say, yeah, I need to, to work on my bicycling in order to get better at bicycling, which is, which is true to an extent. Um, but it, in order to stay safe and keep your muscles and tendons and everything healthy, you got to work on all of that and get sort of a, a good overall fitness level uh, before you go dialing in on, on something like that. Hmm. So how was your first, let's that's just how say, would, that's how, I, yeah. How, how was your oh, like first? I was gonna say that's how I would. would. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you must have a lag going on here. I don't know. Yeah, just a little bit. It's good though. Um, so how would you do? How was the first week or so of your bike ride with the limited, or I guess the limited uh, preparation that you had physically going into it? I mean, did it take a? Was it painful the first you know couple of days or couple of weeks as you as your muscles kind of got used to being on the bike for so long? hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, definitely. It, I, it was, I was sore. Um, and my butt hurt a lot. So I think that if you're going to do anything, um, just time in a saddle, uh, practicing like very light, you know, just sort of spinning in front of your TV type stuff, just so that you can get used oh. to the, the, the butt pain. Cause it, it, it get it gets you. Wow. Okay. So cardio wise, just, you know, not, you don't have to really, in your opinion, you don't really need to go too far high and right on it. You can, uh, you know, kind of do a little bit with experience in the saddle and then concentrate on full body and uh, including a lot of that anaerobic stuff too. Right. Because um, uh, I lost my, uh, my train of thought here. Um, time in the saddle. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, uh, I said anaerobic stuff. Maybe that will trigger. Yeah, yeah, getting getting uh, the the muscle built up um, is, is a big deal. Yeah, and you're not going to get that. Uh, oh, oh, that's that's what it was. Um, not going high into the right on just riding a bike because you. I mean, you're on a tour, so you're not racing. You're you're chilling all day. I mean, our average pace um, at the beginning was probably ten miles an hour. Uh, wow. Yeah, roughly. I mean, because you remember, we're loaded down. We were, we had 80, 90 pounds of gear on us. I don't know if you're wow. going to have that. Um, but, and, and it was also on the hills of, uh, of, of Oregon. So it was, it was slow, really slow, probably even slower than 10, honestly. But as, as we went on, you know, we picked it up to 12, 15. And then by the end, we were probably hitting around the 18 minute mark. 
18 mile, uh, an hour mark. Wow. How many hours a day would you say that you found your guy found yourselves in the saddle? At, at first it was, Oh yeah, let's just get up like super early and, and hit riding and start riding. And so super early for us was, uh, like nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> we'd make breakfast, have coffee, like hang out, slowly pack up camp. We'd leave around 11 or 12 and then, you know, Oh, we got to find a place to stop before the sun goes down, you know, and like, maybe we'll have a campfire. So we're stopping around five or six, so maybe five hours, six hours. Um, and then we learned, uh, as, as there's a lot of cycle tourists on the West coast, some of those guys were getting up and leaving before dawn. And we were like, why were they doing, why are they doing this? And then as we're riding in the heat in the middle of the day, we're like, Oh, they're probably like chilling. Uh, underneath wow. a tree somewhere like in the shade yeah. and they ran in the cool morning all or red in the cool morning and so they're just avoiding the weather and I was like that makes so much sense so we started we, we flipped our plan around to that and it works out a lot better like getting up really early um riding while it's cool and then if you, you know chilling through, chilling having a long two three hour lunch siesta situation and then hopping back on the bike for for the evening ride um, so yeah. it, it, some days it was eight, some days, uh, I think we had a 12 hour day. I want to say, Ooh. yeah. Wow. That's a lot of time in the saddle in one day. Yeah. Was I that mean, 12 we, hour day toward the beginning or towards the end of your journey? Definitely toward the end. No way yeah. could I have done that at the beginning. <laughs> Not a chance. Wow. Um, yeah. And I think we did it like a hundred and, uh, 160 miles, 170, something like that. It was far. Wow. Okay. Um, so when you, when you and Jeff were leading up to the actual start of your, your, uh, transcon, what were like your emotions? Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you <laughs> about to vomit? Like, how did that feel? Uh, I was less nervous than when I launched this book. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I remember being like, okay, we're starting on the West coast. I live on the East coast every single day. I'm just riding home. Uh, so there's no turning back. It's just, I've ridden a bike before. It's just hop on and ride and then just keep going. Right. Um, so it was, I wasn't that nervous as far as, you know, the actual riding or the cycle tour part goes, I was more nervous about my, uh, my mental, uh, wherewithal, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, you know, am I going to get bored? Is it going to be too hard? Am I going to quit? Uh, I was kind of questioning myself there because I hadn't done something of this caliber. And I, 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 I was nervous because, you know, I had people back home, uh, well, I had met my dad who, who was kind of doubting my trip and I had to prove him wrong. And I was like, oh man, but what if he's right? I don't know if my pride could, could, make, could allow that. So, uh, those kind of things I was more nervous about than the actual, uh, cycle, cycle tour itself. So you said, uh, kind of worried about potentially getting bored, which, you know, it's kind of a, a real thing because you're just, you know, day in, day out, just on the saddle, on the road going down. Uh, I mean, how, how did you deal? Like, what, what did you do to keep your, keep yourselves like entertained, if you will, during the course of, you know, doing this for so long? Uh, once we started hitting the mountains, 
you'll see elevation 7,800 feet or whatever. And so for 7,800 feet, we would do 78 push-ups, right? And so at the top of every mountain, we would do uh, what we would call push downs because we wanted to boost our ego. We were pushing the earth down. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so uh, it just breaks up the monotony of riding. Um, I also listen to some audio books. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I also read some audiobooks uh, along, or, uh, listened to some audiobooks along the way, um, uh, just just to break up the day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine, especially like when you talk about the the loneliest road and you know long stretches of nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah, getting through periods it's like really that. Cool. Once you get into a place like that. Uh, you, you just hit the zone and I'm sure, you know what I'm talking about, but you just, you just go somewhere else in your, in your brain mm -hmm. and you can just ride forever. And, and then you, you come back to, and you're like, holy crap, I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you just have to eat as much as you can because you've been zoned out for hours and you don't even know how far you've gone. And then yeah. you just sort of get back on the boat again. Wow. So when you, uh, when you guys were on the trail, did you guys experience any injuries? Uh, were they unexpected ones? How did you deal with them? Can you, can you walk us through that? Yeah. Uh, when I started, I was already hurt before I even got on the bike. Um, I hurt my knee while I was working at camp uh, in a game called, uh, I, I call it counselor hunt. Uh, and so one of the kids was chasing me down this trail and it was soaking wet and muddy and, you know, as South Carolina trails are all the time. And I, it was a, the day after a storm, a tree had fallen and I jumped this tree and I didn't see the tree behind it. And so I had to just extend just a little bit more, but then it, uh, it made my knee land in a weird way and it popped really loud. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was like just a few weeks before I took off on this trip. So I wrapped it up, uh, with, with tape or whatever. And I was like, well, um, I'm going to try it because I said I would. And after about two, three weeks or something like that, it, it got a lot better. So I had to deal with that one at first. And then, um, then I got ran off the road a, a couple of times, but our one time in Texas was really bad. The roads in Texas made my bike vibrate something awful. Uh, just, wow. I felt like it was, I was holding on to a jackhammer the whole time and it was making my pinky and my ring finger on my left hand go numb all the way up to my hand. Um, and it, so I was dealing with that a little bit, but then I got ran off the road. And when I overcorrected, I slammed into a brick and uh, crashed onto back onto the pavement. And I caught myself with my left, left palm. And when I did that, uh, I felt like a lightning bolt go through my arm and I lost all feeling in, in that, like those, those two fingers and a little bit of my middle finger and I can still, I still can't like feel the tips. So I, wow. I had to deal with that um, for, well, I guess I'm still dealing with that, but, <laughs> but um, I dealt with that. And then, you know, I crashed on like two bridges, I think or a bridge and then somewhere else. So, and that's just like surface, like cuts and bruises and stuff, which was okay. Um, but uh, yeah. And then the saddle sores, but that's, 
that's because I didn't practice and I didn't have any time in the, in the saddle beforehand. Um, so you didn't even really experience any like overuse injuries. No, I just got beat up pretty bad. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I don't think Jeff experienced anything at all. Uh, I, don't, wow. I don't think he got, I don't think he got, he, he even wrecked twice, but I don't think he got hurt. Now, did he have training before? Uh, he did. He, he worked at a bike shop. He was always uh, riding, you know, around with his bike friends and his bicycle gang, if you will. Uh, and yeah, he, he, he was good. He was, he was in shape. Well, so he made me look, uh, made me look bad. On those <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen with Ashley's cowbell. I mean, it's just inevitable. <laughs> I can't wait for her to actually hear this conversation. I think the reason, I think since she's not here, she's out trying to buy that bike that I showed you a picture of. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's probably, <laughs> no, it was, it was a bike from a, uh, street vendor that had the cart in front and pedaled <laughs> in the back with a little umbrella. Yeah. Well, I mean, just load that up with food and you'd be good to yeah, go. She's going to carry the supplies. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the text message, I got to pull it up. The text message was um, not only will you get a great bike, but I will, it will solve the problem of how you can carry our food on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah, she'll love it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what she's probably doing right now too. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for her to hear this. Uh, so I don't, I don't recommend. Uh, a, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, you were just talking about carrying food, and I was like, man, what did I carry that was so weird? Like, I was thinking, I, I already told you about tortillas and rice and beans and stuff, but I forgot that I carried soy sauce around with me for a while. And uh, mm -hmm. one day, the I guess well, after one of my wrecks or something, I, I get in my bag. And I pull my shoes out, my clothes, and it's all just dripping in sauce. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it smelled like soy sauce the rest of the trip. It was awful. <laughs> that's, now you were, that sucks. Now, you were talking about uh, how, uh, the mental aspect. Did you get to a point where you really came close to cashing in and getting out? Uh, actually, I did. Um, <clears throat> so in uh, Nevada, Arizona, the, the Arizona, Nevada region, I can't remember which state it was off the top of my head right now, but um, I ran out of money. It was for the Grand Canyon. So I guess that would be Arizona. Um, we, I ran out of money and I told Jeff, hey, man, I'm going to hang back and you just take off. I'm going to work some like Craigslist jobs, sweeping off roofs or cutting grass or whatever. And uh, I'll just kind of work my way across writing my blog and hoping, hoping that people, you know, uh, crowdfunded my way to get home, um, which is why I chose to crowdfund the book, by the way. It's uh, just sort of circling back on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I told him to just take off and, you know, I'd, I'd see if I could catch him, catch him down the road. And he said, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. And then I told my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, Caitlin, I, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hang back. Jeff's going to go on. And she said, uh, no, you're not. I'm not going to let you do that. Uh, you're going to you're going to continue writing regardless. And because uh, could you imagine how you would feel if you actually stopped? You would you would beat yourself yeah. up forever if you, if you quit this trip right now. So you're, I'm not going to let you do that. You're going to keep going. 
And even though that meant me spending more time away from her, she, she, she knew that I needed that in order to, uh, to be okay. And she was like, that's some good support there. Yeah. Yeah. I I married her for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of like her. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So what was it like when you actually finished? Uh, like what was that feeling like? Oh, that feeling for a couple of days. So do you know when you're like watching a movie that you want to cry in, but you can't? Uh, because you're like by, by, around a girl or something, you're like, you know, it'd be all tough or whatever. And you yeah. do that little chin quiver and you're like, oh, so I was doing like that for a couple of days, um, up until wow. the, the finish line, just trying to just maintain composure. And then the last day, oh man, I beat myself up, just hammering the pedals, just like going as hard as I could, uh, just, you know, until my lungs were dust pretty much. Um, just trying to get to the finish line and just, I, I remember I was very, very emotional, uh, when I, when I got to the finish line, it was, I felt untouchable, you know? Nice. Yeah. Well, after completing something as crazy as, as your transcon, nonetheless, because of how long it was, like, I couldn't even imagine. You know, I don't think that it has uh, a whole lot to do with the distance, um, because it's, you know, you're cycling across America and I cycled across America. Who, who cares how long, long it was or how long it took yeah. even. It's just the, the fact of the, the accomplishment. It's, it's, uh, it was wild. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's going to be something to look forward to. Yeah. You, it's, it's a, it's a high, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Sure. Can't even imagine. So yes, what, I mean, after, Ashley, yeah. <laughs> carrying all the food. <laughs> oh this is so much fun i love it <laughs> so uh so you finished what were the months like following the completion of the the bike ride did you do any biking at all or did you just can you know say i'm not going to get out back in the saddle for a while i'm going to take a long break yeah i i could have thrown my bike into the river <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so I actually, you know, I have some like, uh, they're not, uh, not post school. It's like after the, after the ride chapters in my book where I'll talk about this a little bit. It's, um, it's, it was weird. It was a weird uh, transition for me. And Jeff, I think he got the flu immediately once he quit riding the bike, like it was almost immediate. He got very stick. Uh, but I, couldn't I, I like sat down for a few days and was trying to be normal watch tv binge watch you know lost or whatever was popular at the time with with caitlin and i could not sit still my legs were jittery uh, my heart wow. was like racing i'd have to like get up and, and do push-ups sit-ups lift weights i'd run up and down the stairs until i couldn't anymore like i just genuinely had so much energy that I, I, I had to get it out because my body had been on like machine mode for months. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was really dealing with that. But then all of a sudden, like uh, one day I was sitting there uh, watching TV and Caitlin busted up laughing at, at something. And I was, I was, I just looked at it. I was like, that is funny, but I didn't laugh at all. And I was like, wait, something's wrong. And I, and I realized like I hadn't really felt an emotion, like good or bad. I hadn't felt anything in, in like weeks and um, I was like, I need to go get this checked out, make sure this is okay. And so I went to the doctor and um, 
you know, he, he was like, okay, so he just got like uh, depression or whatever. And he like pulled out his prescription pad and then he saw my tattoo with a little bicycle and the, the map uh, that I had just gotten on it. And he said, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, I just rode my bike across America. And he said, oh, cool. When'd you finish? I said, like a few weeks ago. And he like ripped up the prescription immediately. He said, no, 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 this is wrong. This is, this isn't depression. This is called a post-race blues. And I was really? like, well, what is that? And he said, so it's like, you've been pumping up these endorphins for months and months. And now your body's accustomed to this much dopamine. And now you have not been working out. You're not doing anything. And your body's like in starvation mode for dopamine. So you're just not feeling the same uh, uh, wow. amount. And so he said, so the way to fix this is you just got to go work out like pretty hard for a while and kind of wean yourself off of it. And, and so I, you know, I dusted my bike off and I, I went riding. I started riding to work and, you know, get, get a workout in or two per day and then sort of dial it back from there. And I was good oh, to go. Good. good to know. Yeah. How long did that yeah, take so, you so to kind of get back to the baseline? Uh, probably once I figured it out, probably a month or two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah so sense. It, a lot of Ironman triathletes feel the same way. That's why it's wow. called race to lose. I've never heard of that before, but that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, what were, what were the biggest takeaways from your trip? I'm sure being on the road for that long, you got to learn a lot about the country and about yourself. So what do you think, you know, the biggest, like, you know, takeaway? Um, I think one of them, uh, and I think I talked about this earlier, is the fact that I missed the South so much. I had no idea that I actually enjoyed it at all. Uh, but, but being away from and still in America, because I've been to other countries or whatever, uh, but be, still being in America and realizing that each section of the country has its own little culture um, and just that I missed, missed the South, Southern culture, uh, that was probably one of the biggest ones. Um, another one is that like, we're all, we're all American, but we're all very, very different, uh, depending on like what part of the country we're from or, you know, our backgrounds. And uh, everywhere I went, though, I met cycle tourists, no matter, you know, what part of the country I was in, I always managed to find them. And what was really cool is like, I think we talked about it earlier, but, you know, we, we we're an immediate family right? Like we, we, we immediately have people that have done something very similar to, to what, what I was a, a, attempting, or like they have done something similar to what I was attempting. And we just connected. And no matter what uh, I was going through or like whatever, you know, if I needed food, water, some money to get home, whatever, like people were always willing to stick their neck out and help me. And, and that's, you know, one reason why I do what I do in, in promoting cycle touring is because uh, I just kind of want to grow this family. So I think it's really cool um, that y'all are, are connecting y'all's family together through cycle touring. So it's just, it's just all one big circle. It's, it's, that's probably my biggest takeaway from, from what I learned. Well, that's one heck of a takeaway. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I can't wait to experience that uh, together with the rest of the family here. This is going to be pretty incredible. And especially I, since I we agree. have food on the trail with us with Ashley. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's pretty much all of my questions with one, one last one. Um, what, what have we not asked or what are we not thinking about that we should be? 
Um, so you've asked a lot of questions about like the technicalities of touring, a lot about the equipment, the, mm -hmm. the fitness levels, mm -hmm. the uh, nutrition, um, the, the navigation. Uh, one thing that uh, I think that your y'all's group in particular might have a, a very fun time, an interesting time with is the dynamic in between y'all because you're doing something very difficult. You're going to be super tired at the end of the day, hungry. You get uh, just irritable all the time and you're with each other 24 seven. There's no breaks. So uh, just the way that y'all might interact with each other and when you're in a high stress or, or tense situation, um, because you have been very thorough in your, uh, <laughs> in your questioning, which has been phenomenal. I've, I've really enjoyed answering uh, everything and like looking back on my tour. But I think that that's, that's something that I would look out for and just be aware of. Yeah. So um, just the dynamics between everybody being on the, the trail for so long and so close to each other. Yeah. It's, that's going to be uh, interesting, but, that, but uh, exciting at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You, that, that's how you learn about each other, right? Like uh, me and Jeff, uh, we could not talk to each other for, for years now and then just pick right back up where we left off because, you know, we're, we're through the thick and thin of it. We know that, you know, we're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And for, uh, for us, like we have a lot to catch up on too. We have, we have years to catch up on. So the trail would actually be a pretty good place to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good point for sure. Oh, so you can't talk to me while I'm writing though. Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's actually, that was actually one of the harder things for Jeff and I is like while we're writing, um, if we had like in-ear microphones, that would have been awesome because <laughs> the screaming up and down, uh, or like <laughs> yelling car back or whatever, it's, it's, it gets annoying for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, uh, Scott and Kyle, do you guys have any other questions? Uh, no, I just, uh, just something I noticed that, uh, I might have to do a little bit of, uh, grounding or some punishments along the way. <laughs> 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 some timeouts yeah. yeah some timeouts yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go back to the back and you stay there with Ashley <laughs> I'm just kidding Ashley I'm just kidding just kidding JK JK how about you Kyle you got anything else when you're... no I was just going to say my dad wanted to be with Ashley in the back I think actually that conversation or develop, will develop just fine between Clay and I but you know, maybe yeah. not so much between uh, myself and you and Ashley. Uh, we'll see though. Yeah, it's, it's bring the cowbell and we'll we'll slow down for you. <laughs> Three, four times, five, six, seven times a day. No big deal. Yeah. Eight, nine, I'm, ten times a day. I'm telling you, like I said before, the banter is just going to be out of this world. I, I have to like somehow capture all the banter that's going to be happening on this trip. Uh, well, again i know it's not the trip but the one of the first times we all got together we did um the zoo yeah um down in san diego and you know clay ashley we were just chit-chatting or whatever and i just felt like it was <laughs> like i've lived with them my entire life sorry my kids wow. coming Yep, it's, it's going to be, uh, it, it's been a quite the adventure so far, and this is going to be an epic one moving forward. I, I, I think we're all really excited about it, and Ashley's really excited about carrying that food, too. So, um, but with that, we actually, 
Oh, sorry. Appreciate it, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, I was going to ask, is there anything that I didn't cover uh, in, in depth? Oh, enough? Like any of your questions that you feel like I just gave some sort of like story or, or whatever, but not enough insight into actually answer, answering the question? No, I feel no. like you did a phenomenal job in yeah. answering yeah, yeah. all of our questions. And I just, you know, for, from all of us, I just got to say thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, you know, uh, away from your family and everything to, to talk to us about, you know, your, uh, you know, uh, experience and everything. It, it really means a lot. And we're really appreciative. So thanks. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. yes. That Thank is you. no problem at all. Like I'm happy to do it. And, you know, I, I definitely want to follow along with your trip. And, and if you have any questions while you're out there, just hit me up for sure. Sounds great. You got it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're less than a minute now on the, on the zoom. So, uh, uh, thanks again, Sean, and w wish you the best of luck on the book. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep in, in touch moving forward. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye thank bye. you. So that concludes the third and last part of our three-part series with Sean Morrison. If you're listening to this in the month of March, head over to kickstarter.com and search for Tour Stories from Beside the White Line. This is Sean's Kickstarter campaign to launch his book about his transcontinental bicycle ride. We highly recommend for you to give him uh, what you can and support this effort. Uh, with that being said, that's all we have. Thanks for listening.